0: Who am I? Just guess. Singer, songwriter, actor, actress. (laughs) Just me practicing.
1: Hey. Hello. I'm Sarah.
2: And I'm Nathaniel.
1: And this is...
2: To Be Completely Transparent. Welcome back, everyone. Um, Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're going to be talking about astrology. So a topic that many of you are very, very interested in. Um, So I'm really excited about today's episode. And we do have a wonderful guest, Amy, with us today. So I will kick it over to you, Amy, to give yourself a little introduction.
0: Thank you. Hi, everybody. My name is Amy also known as Amy Tell Me Astro. Um,
1: <laughs> and what are the other ones? Amy Tell Me When, Amy Tell Amy, Me Where. Amy Tell Me When.
0: Originally, Amy Tell Me When. It's just a pun off of my last name, Amy When. And then my food page is Amy Tell Me Where. And then my Astro page is Amy Tell Me Astro. So I think I need to start like an LLC with the whole Amy Tell Me. <laughs> because, yeah, you know. yes it's it's divergent it's multiple uses but yes thank you for having me you guys thank you for inviting me i feel so honored to be here
1: we are so excited i've been wanting to do this episode for so long and nathaniel has been resistant because he's like i don't know anything and i'm like that's the point we're gonna learn we're gonna learn together i'm so pumped
2: yes you don't have to call me out like that i'm excited hey, to be we here keep
1: it transparent we keep it transparent you, here. you're
2: right you're right <laughs> you're right i apologize
0: i think it's a great time to get into astrology right now i feel like it's picking up in the past couple. i agree of years. yeah
1: i agree well we can't forget about the hot takes so we're gonna do that first and mm. then we'll jump into the astro so amy do you have a hot take for us that you'd like to share
0: do I have a hot take for you?
1: I don't really have a hot take
0: except for the fact, well, well, when you said hot take, the first thing I thought of was like, pan to something really embarrassing to talk about. (laughs) And just recently, one of my friends was just telling me he is a consultant at one of these big companies, and he's foreign. I should probably mention that he's foreign. He's not American. Um, you know, he has a you know diverse background. He's from the Middle East. He's Canadian, and he came to America, and he's working for a big consulting company. And uh, he was in the middle of presenting to his executives or uh, the panel or whatever, and they had asked him, you know, how did you come up with this? And his response was, I freeballed it. And when he was telling me that story, it was like immediate, like I was crying laughing, you know, because like he said, freeballed it. Because I know exactly what he meant, but he said freeball, you know, and so uh, that was fucking hilarious. So that was the first thing that came to my mind when you said hot take. Like, if I had to talk about a hot take, that was my hot take. Yeah. He meant to say freestyled it, free freestyle, I don't know, came up on a whim, but he said free ball in it. Oh, God. Shout out to him for not understanding
1: American lingo. <laughs> so, So is the hot take that American slang is confusing and hard to use if you're not from here? Oh,
0: Oh, one hundred percent. Yes, I think so. One hundred. <laughs> I yes. I
1: agree. I agree. I have uh, had friends and previous partners who are who have been, not been from the U.S. and get so confused by our sayings all the time. Like I yes. remember, one person was like, one time, somebody in a work email was like, "the the cat's out of the bag," and he's like, "there's a cat in the <laughs> office." Like, who let a cat in the office? And I was like, I was like, all right, that is a weird one for sure. For you know, sure. but yeah, these, they are
0: confusing. These idioms are kind of like explaining a meme. It's like, how do you explain a meme to someone who's not a part yeah. of culture? You know what I mean? That's true. Like bing bong, are you guys familiar? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: okay, what's
2: what's up, baby? I just don't. Yeah, <laughs> take me I don't to understand. dinner. Understand? Like, oh no, I need someone to explain like why. But the table, we, we can. That can be a it's later. It's
1: broken. <laughs> the tiktok sounds are just a whole nother language at this point like it is so funny like i what's your favorite right now what's my favorite yeah um um i am i am on deep coney island tiktok oh god you want to tell joe byron right now (laughs) what's up baby (laughs) i was just watching it again (laughs) yesterday oh it's so funny that one's good um what was the other one? Oh, when I was home for Thanksgiving, I was singing one and it was really bad because it was just stuck in my head. Oh, it was the not to be dramatic, but I want to die. And I just kept singing that around the house, and my mom was like,
2: What? That's my favorite line in that song.
1: Yes, me too. Yeah.
2: Like this, because it's hella dramatic. It's so dramatic. It, incredibly dramatic. So funny.
1: So funny. TikTok is another world. It. It's it really is. All right, Nathaniel, do you have a hot take?
2: I tweeted something, and then other people told me that it was a hot take. Oh, ah, okay. Like this week. Okay. And I said verbatim, I said, Ed Sheeran does not miss. And a couple people were not really on board. Um, and I, I, I think in some analysis that I had done via text with some friends, they felt like he used to not miss and then he started missing. Mm. And I I was unaware that there was a point where he started missing. I was like, oh, he's just still not missing. <laughs> was there like a known global shift where he started missing? Like I, I, I was fully not aware. So I'm just kind of leaning on y'all for that.
1: <laughs> I feel like the only album I really listened to like in full was Divide. So I don't think I have like a... F- very
2: you don't have a, strong
1: okay. opinion, but I, I would say it is a hot take to say that he never misses because I do feel like he misses.
2: I didn't. I mean, I didn't say he never misses. I said he does not miss. No. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is it? <laughs> well, the album that came out in the end of October, I truthfully did not even know it was coming out until two weeks later when I heard a song like at work. So maybe the popularity of that last album was just not the same mm-hmm. as the others. Yeah. So maybe that's why they're like, "Oh, yeah, like now he he misses." Yeah. My question
0: is is that if you are a real stan, can you recognize when someone misses?
1: <laughs> I don't think so. That's a good question. Oh,
2: that's a that is a good question. Who do I who what artist who am I like a stan of? Jesse. Yeah. Jesse J. And I, I could acknowledge, like, albums of hers that I don't like as much as others. But, like, her voice will never miss. Like, she's not, yeah. like, the voice is the voice. Yeah. Like, Right, but
0: what about the lyrics and the true. beats? I mean,
2: the whole thing, the whole package. Justice. That's exactly. the whole,
1: yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. I feel like if I was blinded by my love for one person, exactly. I, it would be yeah. very difficult to be, like, I don't love her. Love it. is so blind.
2: It is. I love. <laughs> I'm. I'm learning how to accept, like that. I don't need to be a hater all the time. Like, <laughs> if there's an artist that I don't to be love cool. or I, I'm not moved by, I'm like, I fully recognize the talent, or the songwriting ability, or whatever it is, and I'm like, I'm just gonna objectively look at this performer, and it is what it is. And if I don't frequently listen to that person fine but i'm not gonna be like oh my gosh they suck Mm -hmm. if they objectively do not suck
1: yeah that's good (laughs) we love to we love to we're learning we're trying to be better
2: (laughs) we're just trying to be better out here
1: all right cool um all right so my hot take is holiday related just because it is the holiday season i've been thinking about things and my hot take is that All of those like random little Hallmark holidays like National Older Sister Day or National Chili Cheese Corn Dog Day, whatever. I love it. I'm so here for it. Like make every day a holiday, like celebrate all the little things. And I will say, I know that they do that so that we buy shit and we buy cards and we do all the things. And so like, whatever, capitalism is a disease. We know this, but we like, it.
2: you love capitalism. no,
1: I recognize that that is it. But like the, the concept behind it, I love it. Like we should be celebrating every little thing every day. Like, why not? why not and I know some people are so annoyed they're like they're like national sibling day i thought that was in february but this year it's in june and i'm like who cares have it be february and june love your siblings every day like i you know i'm into it i like the holidays Okay. i'm here for that
2: are you celebrating national cookie day today
1: oh i should i'm gonna go to a christmas market later so how do you know these things
2: instagram yeah
1: some Graham. random person will just declare it.
2: lion, lion <laughs> cubs, cookies.
1: I just feel like if someone declares it on social media, I just accept it as fact. I don't, I don't fact check. I'm I like, agree with you. Sounds good. I celebrate <laughs> the little things. Sounds.
0: If not, what is there to celebrate if it's not the little things
1: that make right. up the big things? Right. Exactly. Exactly. But I do feel like that's going to be a hot take to some because I know some people are annoyed by all of those things, but. Not me. I love wow. it. Bring it on more holidays. Here for it.
0: Wow, now now that I'm realizing what a hot take is, the first thing that came to my mind was not a hot take. It was like a
1: <laughs> a, a, a sweaty take. <laughs> we got there, though. We got there <laughs> about the idioms. Yes, absolutely.
2: Well, shall we?
0: Let's do it. Shall shall yeah, I'm ready to begin.
2: So, okay. So I this is this, this is very interesting because in following both of you, I I see a decent amount of this content and I am on the polar opposite end in in terms of the knowledge. So this is good. So there's probably there's probably listeners out there that are like, "Hmm, I I I don't know how to talk about this or I don't know what it means." So I think it'll be really fun. So if there are other listeners out there like myself who total 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 beginners how where do you start how would you describe or explain what astrology even is
0: Yes let's let's talk about it I think when we first think about astrology we must recognize that it's not a belief system it to me is it's a tool that you can use and so You know, when I when I talk about astrology with my friends and especially with people who don't really have a clue about, you know, where to begin, I say take a look at it as art, right? Take a look at it as art because you know something doesn't have to make sense for it to be of value to you. And anyone, especially my guys who want to come at me or say, you know, like I just don't get it. I would say if you can understand what an NFT is, you can understand what astrology is because an NFT is considered art, right? I mean, there's some NFTs that are are art. And if you can understand why that has value to some people, you can understand why astrology has value to some people. And so when I say take a look at it as art, you have to understand the strokes of the paintbrush, what kind of medium they're using, you know, whether it's like an oil painting, an acrylic painting. It's the same thing when you take a look at astrology. What kind of sign is it? Is it a cardinal sign? Is it a fixed sign? Is it a mutable sign? What, what element is it? Is it earth, air, fire, water? You know, there are so many elements that make up this painting, and so when i describe astrology i say take a look at it as art is it it is a tool that you can use to better understand what someone's interpretation of you is or you know whoever is explaining it it's a perspective right so that's what's really beautiful about astrology is that you can trust astrology to come to your own conclusions because there are certain Points that just don't change like a fire sign is a fire sign and you can trust that it is a fire sign and a, an acrylic brush is an acrylic brush and you can trust that it's an acrylic brush you know what I mean so that's how I would explain astrology that it's actually a tool and not a belief system
1: I love that so much like the way you describe that because I I feel like I relate to that a lot because it you know when I, I'm definitely new in my astrological education we all are and so we all are yes it's a continual process which is so fun but I'm like just starting to understand about myself and then be able to help other people understand about themselves as well but it is so interesting you have to kind of know those basic components and what they mean and how they all fit together and like it's beautiful because there's like infinite combinations and it's so cool and it's so unique to you Absolutely. even though there are like 12 sun or 12 like zodiac signs like that could fall in so many different places for you and mean a different thing for you so that's I love that yes absolutely and you know metaphorically I I just
0: think that when you compare it to something like an art painting right there's just so many layers that's you can unfold, right? And spiritually, Mm -hmm. you can look at a painting and you can feel so many things. It's just like the suspension of your logical mind to be able to hold a thought right it's the same thing as an nft right if you can suspend your mind for a little bit and understand what a blockchain is and an nft and and you know a, a crypto wallet and why and, and what that is and why it's exchanged etc cetera, etc cetera. it's a suspension of your logical mind and that's what astrology is
2: i'm like i'm like pondering i'm taking it in
0: it's like a movie and then after you watch the movie you go back and you're like well what did you think about that part
1: And I also think it's cool because astrology has existed for so many different cultures for, like, all of time, too. Like, since we saw stars in the sky, there have been interpretations of what this means in every culture around the world. And I think that that's really cool. I think it's something that brings, like, a really unique historical aspect to a lot of this, too. But it continues to evolve and it continues to adapt to modern times, too, which is really fun. So I I just love it. I think it's fascinating.
0: Yes, I love that you brought that up because you know what? At the end of the day, what astrology reminds us is that we're all connected, right? We Mm -hmm. all, no matter where you are on this world, we all looked up. And we saw the sun, the stars, and the moon. And so it's a, it brings like a sense of interconnectedness to everybody. Yes, everybody has their mm-hmm. own interpretation. Different cultures believe in different things, you know. And And to be able to count on something, the sun will come up, the moon has its story. You know what I mean? To watch the moon and to have lunar phases and understand what the moon is and understand what the sun does and certain things like an eclipse that's happening. You know, it's just, it's a reminder that there are some things that that life is a mystery. We're all interconnected, but there are some things that we can all look up and say for certain, the sun is the sun, the moon is the moon. And we can interpret Mm -hmm. it, interpret it however we want. So I I really do love
1: that you brought up that aspect. So where should we begin in regards to the basics? That is a great question. I feel like I don't know, maybe we want to talk about the big three and just kind of define what those mean, like in, in your chart and things like that. And we can use I have my chart up. We have Nathaniel's chart up. We can use ours as an example, too, if that. OK, be. so why don't we why um, don't we bring that up? And then while you bring that up, I can talk
0: about how we first must understand that there are four elements, right, four elements to um you know, interpreting astrology, you've got fire, air, earth, and water. And these elements represent different things. And within these four elements, we also have to remember that there's four seasons, right? Astrology is made up of 12 signs that make up four seasons. And within four seasons, there's three I think three placements, you can call that. There is a cardinal sign, and it represents the beginning of every season. And then there's uh, the fixed sign, right? So it represents the middle of a season. So the middle of fall, the middle of winter, the middle of spring, um, the middle of summer. And that's where you get uh, Leo, Taurus, uh, Scorpio, as a, Aquarius as a fixed sign. And then there's the mutable signs, which represents the ending of the season, uh, a season before we go into another one, before we start again with the cardinal sign. So when we talk about astrology, we need to uncover, unwrap, and really learn the foundation of what each sign is, because these signs, like for example... Aries. I know that Nathaniel is an Aries. He was born in the beginning of spring, right? And Aries has such a beautiful representation because it's the beginning of all the signs. There's a certain childlike nature, right? And when you take a look at the signs, Aries is the baby out of all of the signs because it starts with the baby, right? The Aries, the the beginning of the season. It is a cardinal sign, which has qualities like leadership, trailblazing, people who are willing to start things, right? That's, That's what we need to understand when we talk about cardinal signs. And then you move over to Taurus, which is the middle of spring, right? And it's a fixed sign. People who have a fixed nature about them they are very strong and reliable in who they are. So that's the middle of spring. You know, when you're experiencing spring, it's like, this is what spring feels like. And it's very familiar to you because you know what it is. And then towards the end of the season, Taurus then moves over to Gemini. And when you get to, you know, the ending of the season, it's kind of just changing, right? It's that mood when you feel like, oh, this is ending and something's starting and you you know, either take, put on a jacket or you take off a jacket or whatever it is. And to me, that also represents the nature of a mutable sign. It's very adaptable. People who are mutable signs pick up information very quickly and they change with the data that they have, you know. And so um, Gemini is very much like that. So when we talk about these signs and mind you, we also go from air to earth to i mean i'm sorry from fire to earth to air to water et cetera, et cetera. i think that it's important that we recognize that so um you know we get all of the elements in the season that everything is connected so i'm gonna pause there nathaniel <laughs> do you have any questions so far does that part make sense
2: oh boy so you're <laughs> no like you're you're explaining everything in a way that i have not like like this is a good breakdown for sure of like like where to begin yes. like what this means and how you come to that conclusion so thank you because of course i've always stopped at i'm an aries <laughs> and people seem to not <laughs> assign me aries traits and then i'm like i don't know what that means and then i've given up on the conversation and then like that's as far as that's as far as we've gotten mm-hmm. but then like over the years mm-hmm. when you add the conversation about different signs and different components of each sign then there's more there but I've never been able to actually unpack that and like have it stick I'm just like okay well should I think about this? Or should I think about this? Like, what does this mean? I usually pause there.
0: Yes. And and for someone to say that, I love that because it just goes to show that you have an open mind and you're willing to learn and take in more information because it's like, okay, well, it kind of makes sense. But it's like where I need you to continue to explain this painting. Well, you know, when you were born, the, the sun was at a certain place in the sky, right? And, you know, we said it was in Aries, and that's where the sun was. Um, the earth was rotating at one point, and, you know, and we looked up, and we saw that the sun was in displacement. Well, what people don't talk about often is, where was the moon? The moon was also in a placement, because the sun and the moon are always having a relationship with each other, Right. And so wherever the moon was, and this is important why you need to have your birth time and location, because when we talk about birth time and location, where you are on planet Earth and you look up, they were they could be in different parts of the sky for you. Um, and the moon is always rotating, right? So it's it moves every couple of hours. So it's important to understand exactly at what time were you born? So we can say that, you know, the moon was in this sign because... You're not just an Aries. You are an Aries sun. You are also something moon. We don't know what that is yet, but we'll, we'll Gemini. Okay. Beautiful. Gemini so amazing. So let let's talk about this for a second. So <laughs> We'll go into the sun and the moon and the rising. The sun represents the core of who you are, right? The sun, the father, your being. When you are out with your friends, when you're out, when the sun is up, you have a certain characteristic and we'll call that Aries. But in regards to the moon, the moon represents our emotions, the mother, the nurturing aspect of you. And so when we think about how you... Tap into your emotions and how you leverage your nurturing aspects about yourself. I would suggest that when you read about astrology, read about the sun and the moon. So the moon is in Gemini. Read about Gemini. How is your sleeping habits? Daniel, as a Gemini moon, how how are your sleeping habits? Do you have a nighttime routine? Do you fall asleep easily?
2: I do fall asleep easily but I sleep pretty late or I'm Mm. like, I go to sleep late, but I'm also not, like, I'm not, not a morning person. Like I, I just don't sleep enough, but I can fall asleep wherever.
0: Yeah. That's, that's interesting. A lot of people that I know who are Gemini moons tend to have interesting sleep schedules. They are, you know, thinking a lot about a lot of things and their mind is wired until it's time to shut off and then it's like they shut off but they can't get enough Mm -hmm. sleep and for some reason they're they're up right they're up in the middle of the night it's just why are you up so late it doesn't make any sense and I'll explain that I think it's because you know And and we're kind of hopping all over the place, but I'm just going to talk as it flows. Gemini is a mutable air sign. And when we think about mutable air signs or when we think about air signs, we have to think about the air. The air is frictionless, right? The air is just forever moving. It's up here. It's when we say like our heads are in the clouds, think about the clouds, right? It's like these kinds of people are very intellectual people. They like to talk about philosophical stuff. They're just go with the flow, very whimsical a little bit, you know. And Gemini, when we think about Gemini, Gemini is represented by the twins. It also represents the hands and these appendages in the body, right? So when you have something like the twins, which, you know, people say that Gemini are two-faced or whatever. I, I think about it as Gemini people are multifaceted. They are constantly thinking about perspectives. What about this? What about this? It's the, it's the twins that are constantly communicating back and forth. And when it represents the hands to me, that says, I need to be doing something. I'm thinking and doing. I need to keep my hands occupied or I need to keep my mind occupied. And the thing that Gemini placements, and when I say placements, I'm representing either the sun, the moon, or the rising. These kinds of people have tend to have a struggle around meditating, staying still, being in one place because they're always on the go. They need to be doing something, occupying one part of themselves, either the mind or the body.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's accurate yep. for you, Nathaniel. Hope Do that. you think I would
2: say so? I would, <laughs> I would say so. That's wild. That's so to cool. Me.
1: Yeah, your rising sign also makes so much sense to me, Nathaniel. But we can get to, I into that. I in couldn't even.
2: You've you've read this to me, and it, it like I still can't articulate it back <laughs> to you.
0: What's his rising sign? Virgo. Okay, got it. First thing that I think of is that Virgo is also a mutable earth sign. We think earth, we think soil, right? Think earth, think soil, think ground, right? Grounding. They're actually very grounded kind of people. Virgo is also represents the digestive system in our body, right? And so when we think about the digestive system, and usually when I meet Virgo placements, I'll ask them, like, what is your, how is your digestive system? They tend to filter their impurities through, through their bodies. And so uh, Virgo people are very analytical type of people. Um, They're very observant. And when you understand where the signs represent us in our body, we can start to understand them a little bit better. So when we think about the digestive system, the digestive system filters our food, it connects to so many different parts of our body. And you know, whatever bile that we have, the digestive system will filter that through and say like, this is a good thing. This is a bad thing. This is waste. We will discreet this. That's kind of what, you know, what I think about when I think about Virgo is Virgo is represented by the virgin, right? Purity. But Virgo people go back to talking about how it's an earth sign. They're very grounded. They're very analytical. People also say that, you know, Virgo people are perfectionists. They get that stigma. And to me... I, I understand why stigma exists, right? I understand why stereotypes exist, but that's because, you know, when you've got something filtering the impurities, looking for, you know, the imperfection so we can make it better, that's what a, that's what a Virgo is. Virgo is always on the lookout to how can we improve this? How can we make this better? How do we get better each and every day? And so that's really interesting that you have a mutable earth sign as you're rising. That's how people see you when you, when they first meet you, you come off as this, but emotionally you're a Gemini moon, which means that you can probably entertain a lot of perspective.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm, I do get the Mm -hmm. I do get like the Virgo rising, like when people first meet you. I feel like you stand there, you're you're cool, you're calm, you're collected. Everyone is like, Oh, Nathaniel's so wholesome. Wholesome, Like he's just sitting there watching the you know experience it's not like you're immediately like diving into the middle of the action you're like let me like feel this out first but then I do see when you're comfortable with people and when you are your core self I see the Aries start to come out some when you are like loud and like <laughs> this is my opinion and I blah, blah blah but it's like that you have to know somebody really well before you show that yes and when you're connecting with people emotionally, you're really good at listening having multiple perspectives and, and ideas in your head at once you're really good at understanding where people are coming from even if you haven't experienced that like the empathy is really strong and I feel like that is very clear with your Gemini moon so like this this all makes sense I love me. that I love this
2: so <laughs> is it Sarah for is it the rising that you really felt strongly about a few months ago when you were going over that with me that was the yeah one I-
1: that was the one of the big 3 that i was like oh yeah yeah that absolutely huh. checks out 100%. but now hearing more of the explanation about gemini moons yeah. that i'm like oh i see it now. i didn't i didn't know too much about what what that looks like yeah. in in action. so i like the explanation it mm. makes makes sense to me now.
0: yeah, gemini placements to me they are all, they're they're mm. restless they're restless and and that's the perfect word to describe them, right? Because when we look at Gemini, Gemini is ruled by um, Mercury and Mercury is the planet of communication, right? And so when we think about Gemini being ruled by the planet of communication, what does that mean? They are the messengers of the sign, right? They take in information and they deliver information that they think is important. And so when you have Gemini placements, especially in the moon, to me, it's like they're thinking about what's important in their life. They're thinking about all kinds of things, you know, depending on what their sun is, and depending on other aspects of their element uh, in their charts. I think that Gemini placements generally, even Gemini rising, Gemini sun, they're just restless. There's just they feel like there's just so much to do. How can I go to sleep when there's just so much to do? So that's that's why I, I, I so. asked you about your sleep cycle.
1: So my. <laughs> My Mercury is in Gemini, which I feel like checks out for me because I will talk about anything, everything all the time. I have to talk things out. I have, like, the communication, I'm like, it, it must happen. That. Like, that's how I process everything. Like, I have to verbally process.
0: Yes. You must be really good with your words, and I mean, hello, this
1: podcast—it
0: makes sense, right? Gemini in Mercury is very comfortable, very talk, very comfortable with debating, very comfortable as wielding words as weapons. Gemini in is at home in Mercury, and so that is a very strong placement to have. And I think that like, that is a beautiful placement to have. Any sign that you have that is at home, it's just people are comfortable Mm -hmm. with this aspect of themselves. So, yeah.
1: I have gotten quite the rap for being a debater. I will always fight people with words. I'm like, bring it. Like, (laughs) I'll talk about anything always.
2: Can confirm.
0: I love that. You know, Gemini... Gemini people or Gemini placements in any sign, there's a sense of curiosity that comes with it, right? So if you have Gemini and Mercury, I think that there's almost a curious nature Mm -hmm. to you when you speak. It's like, what are you going to say after Mm -hmm. I say this? And so, yeah, that's what I think about when I think Gemini and Mercury. I think That bitch is at home.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is very comfortable. I think it's so funny, though, because I don't have a lot of other – air in my chart oh so i am a taurus sun leo moon cancer rising so i don't have a ton of air that's like really one of the only ones taurus sun leo moon and cancer rising yeah wow
0: that's beautiful (laughs) i love taurus women I just, there is a sense of, again, reliability that comes with them, right? And uh, Taurus is ruled by Venus, right? And Venus is the planet of love and beauty, romance and finance. And those are the things that are really important to the core of who a Taurus or a Venusian person is. It's also rules Libra. And so, you know, when I think about Taurus, it, they, I, how's your appetite?
1: <laughs> oh, I'm a big eater, big foodie. Uh-huh.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Comfort, pleasure, right? That's what I think of. My, my mother is a Taurus and she is great in the kitchen. And well, why do we, why do we associate Taurus and food? You know, let's talk about that for a second. Taurus rules our throat. And so when we, when we think about the throat, we think about food, we think about eating, you know, it goes through here at this part of our body. And, you know, there's multiple layers to this. Taurus is represented by the ox, right? And when we think about the ox, the creature, the animal, it is a beautiful animal that's large. It does work for us. You know, when we think about oxes, we think about how we've almost leveraged them in the history of how we've domesticated animals, right? They carry things for us. They have been able to lead the way and. What's that one thing called? Oregon Trail. You know, um, think, about, think about that when you think about Taurus, you know, Taurus people, can they know how to carry a load? Of, they can carry burdens for a very long time. Um, they're slow moving, but they're very steady, right? Think about the ox. The ox works very hard during the day, but when it's time to lay, when it's time To clock out of work, they are going to relax because they need to. And how do you relax? You relax by tapping into comfort and pleasure. Comfort, what's comforting? Comfort food. We need the food to have the energy to do what we do. Comfort in regards to allowing food to be a sense of pleasure in our life. Eating good food so that way we can fuel ourselves to have energy to continue to do and work hard at what we want. Taurus people are very slow and steady type of people, and they are always working towards a goal, whether they share it with you or not. Taurus is very private. And once you get to know the signs a little bit better, I always say, take a look at the sister sign. The sister sign of Taurus is Scorpio, right? So when you think about Scorpio and and Taurus, there's actually a lot of similarities as they are sisters. The intensity is Mm -hmm. there, right? And the secretedness is there. And so Taurus can be very, very private as well. They will share what they feel comfortable sharing. And so- when I think about Taurus, those are all the things that I think of. And, you know, hopefully me explaining to you that Taurus is a fixed sign in the middle of spring. There is no changing you. You are who you are. And you've always been who you are. You've always known who you are. And especially having a fixed moon in Leo, Mm -hmm. honey, (laughs) stubborn, (laughs) Yeah, you know, like Taurus also, you know, has mm-hmm. the horns, right? Very stubborn, very strong-willed, very, um, you know, they've got a strong head on their shoulders. And so when when I talk about astrology, I bring in different elements, you know, the physical body, the animal, the seasons, the cardinality, uh, the, you know, whether it's a cardinal sign, a fixed sign, you know, I bring in all these elements to help you paint a better picture. And so, yeah, I I love that you're a Taurus woman and Leo moon, very strong, opinionated mm-hmm. woman who knows
1: exactly how she feels. Yep, I w- I would agree. Yeah, the the Cancer rising for me took much longer to understand what that means and how that how that works for me. I think my Taurus sun and my Leo moon. When I first read about what that means, I was like, "Yep," I was like, "Check." that's it. That's me. I always call myself the quintessential Taurus because I'm like right in the middle of Taurus season two. So I'm like, oh, wow. Every stereotypical Zodiac description of a Taurus checks out for me, which I know is not the case for everybody in their sign. So I've always felt good about that. But the Cancer Rising is where I'm like, I need to I need to know more about that.
0: (laughs) So let's, let's let's talk about that. So I don't really know much about you, Sarah, and I will have Nathaniel keep me honest or at least fact filter. Check. Th- yeah. yeah, fact check me and, and, and filter me through the things that I'm saying. But when I think about cancer rising people, the first thing that comes to mind is nurture, right? N- very nurturing types of people. Cancer is ruled by the moon, right? And um, it's represented by a crab. And when we think about crabs, you know, and and cancer, um, we think about how nurturing that sign is. That's almost always the thing that I think about. And so I don't know if you host parties often or you host gatherings, but you would probably be a great host. And I say this because Taurus. Comfortability and pleasure settings, right? Five senses. The Taurus is a very sensual sign. They are very observant to all their senses because it's important to them because it creates the vibe. Mm -hmm. And Taurus knows vibes. Leo, Leo moon, right? And the Leo moon knows that a lion is as strong as its pack. Right, so Leo is represented by the sun and is represented by a lion. And when we think about lions, lions travel in packs. Lions lay in dens. And so when these two elements are together, and you add on top of that a Cancer rising, there there's a there's a sense to me that says you are such a great host when it comes to your friends. You are very nurturing when it comes to your friends. You almost want to be able to take care of something, right? So also, this is really interesting with your Gemini and Mercury and as a Cancer rising, crabs, moving. keep up with <laughs> me here because I, I know I'm, I'm a yeah, little yeah. scattered brain, but this is how I'm like seeing the picture. So Cancer rising, it's represented by a crab. Cancer is a water sign. Crabs live in the water and crabs move from side to side. Crabs don't walk in a straight line. And so when we think about that and your your Gemini and Mercury, I can imagine that if anyone tries to come for you, you're going to be like side-sweeping it like how you know, like I'm almost defensive. I can literally tell you and have an argument with you. I'm just going to, you know, dodge that bullet and tell you where you're wrong. I'm going to, you know, say no and I'll tell you why. And so when I say when I think about yeah cancer rising these types of people are very nurturing and to their friends and in, in that aspect but when their friends tell them hey it's because Sarah said this you're almost going to always have a reaction to that and be like I just dodged that I'm not really going to take the blame for that it's because something about whatever and be able to fling Mm -hmm. that boomerang right Mm -hmm. back. And that's the aspect of cancer. Cancer is very defensive in that nature. They move from side to side. It's very hard to pinpoint them as almost with any type of water placement, right? It's really hard to hold water. Water signs, water placements, they're very elusive in nature. And so... That's what I think about when I think cancer rising. It's a beautiful sign, actually.
1: I I love that description because I think that's a different one than than one I've ever heard before and definitely one I relate to more, I think. Mm -hmm. The only other thing about it that I have felt connected to is that a lot of people, so rising signs being how people perceive you, like how they see you at first and before they get to know your more emotional internal side, And I've had a lot of people tell me over the years, like people that I have ended up becoming really good friends with, have said to me, when I first met you, when I first saw you, I was really intimidated. You scared me. I didn't know how to approach you. I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but then got to know you and like, you're really caring and you're not scary and like all these things. And I think for a cancer rising, like I think a lot of times the crab like shell is is something that is there. Yes. And so I think that's that's where I feel that most is like I put up I have that shell, I have that wall at first. And it's not anything mm-hmm. intentional that I'm trying to project. It's just like the natural way that I hold myself. Yes. But then as soon as you break through that shell, I am very nurturing and yes. I am very caring. And I want you all to be in here and talk and like, you know, get to know each other and sit yes. on this comfy couch together and tell me your deepest, darkest secrets. Like very soft yeah. inside. Yeah, that's exactly. Exactly what it is <laughs> I love the, that yes
2: the intimidating like the uh, what do you the, think you, we've talked about this before but the from first meeting to like developing friendship like shift in like perception of you I, I have heard that before and that's that's interesting to hear you know about it in this way um, because you I feel like you agree with that like you have I mean people have told you directly hmm So it's really interesting. And then I'm like, now I'm thinking back, even though it's been super long. I don't, I don't, did I have that experience? I feel like I don't. I
1: don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like you're not easily intimidated, though, I don't think. So maybe you didn't recognize. There are
2: very, very, very few people that I meet where I'm like, this person might be just like, like, we just really, really, really don't connect at all. And then, like, later on, we do. Like, that, that has happened, I can mm-hmm. count on my hands, like, since probably high school, which is also interesting yeah don't know what that means but Mm -hmm.
0: no it goes back to your gemini moon right being able to entertain multiple perspectives Mm -hmm. is at an emotional level i mean that goes to show that like gemini placements have a lot of friends they have a lot of friends from different types of circles too and for you to be able to meet someone and almost befriend them immediately it's a very gemini moon trait you know you're very comfortable in your emotions in that regard because you can entertain different perspectives. It's like, yeah, your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth and I have the capacity to understand that. Yeah. I also think that, you know, when we're thinking about cancer rising, these kinds of people almost, they don't ever go after people. They kind of just wait till people come for them. And that's part of the defense mechanism of any really large cancer placements, Mm -hmm. right? A crab does not feel comfortable actually attacking anyone or anything Mm -hmm. a crab will be there and whatever comes it will deal as it comes yeah so I think that's really
2: interesting I'm about to be reading stuff all day so that's what that was (laughs) I was
1: gonna say I do have your chart I sent it to you a while ago but I think so another thing I know a lot of people have questions about and I would love for us to chat about a little bit is like compatibility so I think okay that's something at least that I have been hearing of a lot recently is like – and something I've been thinking about personally too is like, okay, now that I'm learning about astrology, what these placements mean, what this means for me, like how do I surround myself with people that are complementary, like romantic and otherwise, but like how do I, you know, know when the clash is just because of a fundamental difference that we have or how do I know that I am connecting with these people because – our astrological placements are compatible in some way. Like I just think that's a really interesting fun aspect of this. And I will start off by saying my example, my like case study of this is that I dated an Aquarius never again, could never, will never. It was absolute <laughs> chaos the whole time. It was so bad. So I'm like I after that happened and I was reading about it, I was like, I need to know so I can avoid this again.
2: I know what you're talking about. Let me break it down for you, sister.
1: Um, Yes. (laughs) I hate to tell
0: you this, but I'm going to tell you this, is that what I truly believe is that, Everything does happen for a reason. And I'm so glad that you experienced this Aquarius man's or woman's. You know, I don't know if he was a, a guy or a girl. We're, we're you know, we're open yeah. here. It's a safe space. So, this Aquarius person um, was here to teach you a lesson. And, oh, a lesson was taught. Lesson. No, no, a lesson was
1: taught for sure. <laughs>
0: My my real thoughts on compatibility is this there is no such thing as a compatible or not compatible mm. sign i think that there is there are so many things to experience in regards to people that they're all here to teach us a lesson, right? They're all here to teach us something. But I do believe that there is going to be less friction with some planets Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. others, right? There are some planets that are a little bit more comfortable around other planets and um, other elements and other signs. And so um, when we break this down or when we take a look at this, I will preface this all with the fact that I believe that any sign can make it work. There's just less friction uh, with some mm-hmm. signs. And um, that actually a lot of us need to experience signs that are not like us to bring out certain aspects of us to understand what is it and who is it that we mm-hmm. are really. And what is it that we need to learn about ourselves? Because people, are our, our partners especially, are reflections of who we are, right? Mm -hmm. And they will reflect what we are usually projecting onto them. And so um, not to, you know, go down a rabbit hole with this aspect, but I do just want to make a point here is that in Buddhism, we learned that, you know, in order to achieve enlightenment is to really detach from all kinds of things, right? Material possessions, desires, our parents, our partners. And so when you think about monks, um, these kinds of people who are really trying to achieve a sense of enlightenment, there is no attachment and to a partner. So when we and, and this is a little bit out there, but in in this aspect, or at least in the in the aspect that I've been taught in this religion, is that um, you know our partners are karmic. They are here to continually teach us something, and so when you choose to have a partner, or when you choose to have a child, uh, these this is part of the karmic mm. contract that we decide to have on this planet, on this life, in this on this earth. Um, so when you choose a partner in different aspects of your your lifetime, that's a karmic contract that you're entering to say, "Hey, I'm going to take this person to learn lessons from this person." Okay. Now that we've established how my you know my perspective mm-hmm. on compatibility in that aspect, we can talk about the the planets and the signs that we can take a look at. So, when we are thinking about compatibility, I think it's important to understand planets, um, personal planets. Right? You've got the sun. You've got the moon, you've got Mercury, you've got Venus, and you've got Mars. These five planets to me make up our personal planet, right? The sun is basically the central core being of who you are. The moon, which is like our instinctual feelings, our nurturing aspect, how someone nurtures you from an emotional standpoint is very important because some people know how to and some people Mm -hmm. don't know how to. Some people think pouring you a hot, warm cup of tea is nurturing you. And it is, but some people actually need to be nurtured emotionally. I need you to sit with me through the storm. I need you to be be able to understand what I go through at work. I'm going to tell you my work life story. And I need you to sit there and help me decompress and untangle this conflict. That is being able to hold space for someone and nurture them emotionally. Some signs are better at it than others because some signs feel more comfortable about it and That is the two main signs that I would take a look at. You have Mercury, which is your planet of communication, right? It's how we think, how we learn, how we communicate. Do you and your partner share the same signs or uh, in this planet? Do you guys share the same element in this planet? Think about that because how you communicate with each other is very important. Mm -hmm. Venus is the planet of love, beauty, pleasure, romance, finance when you think about entering a partnership with anyone, being able to understand how they receive pleasure, how they manage their finance, how they, you know, what their perspective on beauty is to them is important to understand. So Venusian planets, I think, is like one of the things that I look at because how do you please someone? Mm -hmm. How do you, how do they want to be Pleased and Mars. Mars is the planet of war. It, it it also represents how we direct our energy. It's our also our uh, sexual energy to me. It's our creative energy. It comes from. It stems from that passion, that intensity. So how we direct ourselves in conversation, how we direct ourselves in relationships. You would I would recommend that we take a look at, at Mars as well. Now. Other planets that, you know, um, play a role, but, you know, don't play that big of a role in in regards to those personal planets and compatibility, it's, it's, we can get into that, like Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. Those are the collective planets. Those are our social planets. Those are, you know, the bridging of the social and the collective. Mm So that's why I didn't bring those planets into mind. But when you take a look at that, I would say when you read a chart, you got to go through each of those Mm -hmm. personal Mm -hmm. planets. And within those personal planets, take a look at what element it is in, Mm -hmm. right? Take a look at whether or not these two signs are, one, in the same element, which represents a little bit of familiarity for you, which can mean either one, this person's very similar to you and you guys can probably either one, end up with the same problems or two, feel comfort that you have someone sitting with you who really understands Mm you. And then... The other aspect that I would consider is, you know, taking a look at your big three, your rising, your, your moon, and your sun. If they have almost immediately when I take a look at people's charts, if your sun is in their moon or their moon is in your sun, it's like immediate connection, mm-hmm. right? Because someone's emotional connection, being able to connect to someone's core being is an understanding that not many people have. And sister signs, when we take a look at the chart, signs that are almost directly across from each other, I say they have a unique compatibility Mm. with each other because it's a balance between the signs. So as a Taurus, your sister sign would be a Scorpio. Mm. And as an Aries, your sister sign would be a Libra. And so these two signs almost have a unique compatibility with each other.
1: That explains why I love Leos so much. I've like everyone in my life I feel like is either a Taurus or a Leo and I feel like that's why. It's just like I love them. I'm Mm -hmm. so I'm so drawn to Leos.
2: What did you say mine was?
1: A Libra. My mom's a Libra. Shout out Sharon. That's your
2: sister. I like
1: Libra's I like (laughs) Libras too, but I feel like I feel like sometimes I get frustrated with the indecision of Libras. Yes. And so like I like. I love to just. I have a plan. I'm going. I have a a task. I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow it. This is my goal that I am shooting towards. And the Libras are like,
2: well, that's actually me though. Well, that's fully me. Mm. I don't
1: know. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm so frustrated. I'm like, we gotta just do it.
2: (laughs) Yes. Oh Oh, yeah. A decision could not be me. That is. Could not be me making. That's the Gemini in you.
0: That's the Gemini. That's the in the, yes, Air signs. You got to tap into that Aries because Aries always yeah, knows yeah. what he wants. Mm-hmm. You know, Aries knows yeah, what knows what they want. Yeah, but the Gemini, the emotional aspect. Yeah, they're like anything can happen. <laughs> anything goes. It's fine. I can adapt. So,
2: so how come that is more prevalent in me than the former in my current? Like at least that's how I'm interpreting myself. Like, I am not going for 100%. I am am choosing the passive route every time. Oh,
0: it depends on how in touch with your emotions you are. And as a person who is very in touch with their emotions, I think that is a strong suit. You know, like, when I say read about astrology, read about Gemini moon, your emotions, right? Your emotions rule who you are. So when you think about that, Gemini... Gemini is an air sign. Gemini will adapt to anything. That's why anything can go. It doesn't matter what we're doing. I'm fine. I'm literally fine. And the Aries, Aries knows that Aries is very self-sufficient. Aries can do, Aries represents me. You know, Aries is the ram of the sign, right? They will really ram through anything. They're just fast, quick with it. They're like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. Everything's fine. I'm going to be able to figure it out myself. They're the baby of the sign as well, you know? And so I I think that, you know, for you, my interpretation of you and my relationship with you is what I know. You're actually a person who's very in touch with their emotions. And so when, when that happens, I look at the moon, right? The moon is in Gemini. So good luck making a decision with me, (laughs) you know, like that's so yeah, cool. I'm a Libra. So I definitely understand the whole indecisiveness. My son is in Libra. I'm a rising Gemini and I am a moon in Taurus. Okay. So I'm ruled by Venus. Yeah. Um, I feel like I connect with Venusian women very easily because I understand their nature, mm-hmm. right? I understand um, how they are. So I get it. I get the whole (laughs) the whole thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, another thing I like about Libras is the balance and the harmony that they bring. Like I do feel like Mm. sometimes I get in my head and when I'm really being stubborn and I'm stuck on something, I feel like the Libras in my life are really good at being like, all right take a step back. Let's look at everything. Let's harmonize all of the components Always. here. Like they're very, it's Always. very calming and reassuring. So it's like, I can get yes. frustrated with some of the indecision or like the lack of that, like initial action. But after I mm. cool off and I take myself down a notch, then I I so appreciate <laughs> the Libras in my life because I'm like, okay, y'all are like, you know how to bring me down and get me back to like level head. I I so appreciate that.
0: Yes. I think Libras are very interesting in that aspect where, you know, Libras and Virgos to me get the stigma of always wanting to be perfectionists. Mm -hmm. And yes, I will admit and say that Libra people sometimes succumb or struggle with people pleasing, right? Because that's what they want is to please everyone. And we think about this, the sun does not shine the the brightest in Libra because Libra and Aries are across from each other. They're sister signs. Aries represents me. Libra represents mm-hmm. we. So they are the sign of partnership, right? There's not one without the other. Um, they need something to balance, right? And so uh, this is what I think about when I think about Libra is that they're not... They're indecisive because they're trying to make the best Mm -hmm. decision. And if they don't have all the options to weigh out, they don't know what's good, what's bad, what's Mm -hmm. best. And so that's why they are slow to come to a conclusion, right? right? But once they know, they know. And they will never go back.
2: Eh, Maybe (laughs) they will.
0: But, you know. That's that's why Libra people are they the way they are. They really do just want someone to be like, This is gonna make me happy. I wanna go with this mm-hmm. decision. And they're like, Okay, as long as you're happy, mm-hmm. I'm happy. It's frustrating when you're trying to <laughs> figure out something critical or important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Can I can I ask a quick question? So Yes, please. Does it make a difference if you are on the borderline in terms of like date?
0: Oh, a cuss. Yeah. So my interpretation of this is that I don't believe in cusp, but whoever wants to believe that there is such thing as a cusp, then let them believe that that's okay. You know, it's how you view the painting, Um, you know, and the reason why I say this and it can change it, it, you know, perspectives change and... it it just depends on the person. But the sun and the moon was at a distinct point in the sky when you were born. You know, it was in a degree. And a degree, numbers don't lie. Dates don't lie, right? So Take a look at the chart. Take a look at the degree that your sun and your moon was in, or mostly your sun. Take a look at the degree that it was in. That's the planet that it was in. Now, people want to say that, you know, the four days before or the four days after represents a cusp. I think that's okay to believe as well, because sure, maybe you were born in the middle of seasons that were changing, Mm -hmm. right? And so if you want to take in elements of that aspect, then to define who you are, or to use that to interpret who you are and how you are, I believe that that's okay to use. But, you know, to say that I am a cusp, I don't necessarily believe in cusps, Mm -hmm. but I will let people believe what they want to believe. It's the beauty of of this whole thing. It's like it's
1: art. I feel like, Yeah. yeah, and I feel like this is how I feel about a lot of different aspects of spirituality as a whole. It's just like what resonates with you is what you should take and what you should incorporate into your life. And as you mentioned at the beginning, like bringing this full circle, this is a a tool that you can use. It is not the end all be all of who you are or what you're going to do and where you're going to go and all of those things. Like, There's so many layers to this that are so interconnected and it's something you can explore forever. So it's like in this current moment, in this place, whatever you are learning about yourself take that take what resonates and you know that can help just give language to who you are and how you're feeling and who you want to be around and things like that like that's what i love about this and the more i learn about it the more i'm just like this is so cool so fascinating and something that i i love to use in my own personal arsenal of describing who i am and i think it's really it can be really helpful but if things don't resonate like that's Mm -hmm. cool. Like live your truth, find something that does. And I know a number of people who's like sun signs, they, you know, they learn about their sun sign and they're like, I don't feel that this really represents me. And that's why, you know, I, I like to look at people's whole charts as well and say, okay, let's, let's dive deeper. But I know Nathaniel, we've talked about how sometimes you don't always identify with Aries. My, but one of my best friends is a Capricorn she is like, I feel like I have no Capricorn traits. Like, what is, what does that mean for me? You know? And so I think there are pieces of this, right. That you can pull down and and take, and there's others that, you know, if they don't fit, they don't fit. Yeah. Everyone is such a unique, complex being. Yes. You can't just have one definition.
0: No. Yes. I totally agree. And, you know. On top of all of that, astrology has given us a tool to better understand ourselves and to better understand other mm-hmm. people, to be able to hold space for other people. You know, people, you know, it, joke about, you know, well, what's his sign or what's mm-hmm. her sign? Being able to ask that and then be able, being able to almost characterize that to say that, you know, this is just their nature, mm-hmm. it allows us to be more accepting of people. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's the beautiful thing. And I think it allows us to be accepting of ourselves. Like, why am I the way that I am? Well, you know, if we take a look at what the planets and the stars say about us, the story that they paint about us, this is what it Mm -hmm. says. But, you know, there's layers to that. We haven't even talked about the houses, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to understand the houses and how each house out of the 12 houses, each house represents something in our lives. And, you know, An aspect of what we find important is so interesting to me because it goes to show what people's values are. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Deep down,
1: there's many ways to skin a cat, (laughs) there's many ways to peel an onion. So, Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I know, like, in the interest of time, we can't get into that, but like, I'm going to push really hard for an astrology part 2 because I part want two, I to I want to go into it so bad. I want to go into yeah. it so bad, but I feel like you know, this has been like such a good foundation and I think with the examples that you've provided and the unique perspective that you have Amy on what this all means and how this plays out like that I think is it's been really incredibly fun for me to listen to. And I, I think everyone else listening as well will feel the same. So thank you for sharing your knowledge. I, it's, this is awesome. Of course. Love this stuff.
0: We're all learners. Yeah. Yeah, we're all students of life, right? So I love hearing people's um, interpretation of this. I love getting to know beginners in this because how they interpret certain things is just so interesting mm-hmm. to me. It's like, it's like hanging out with a kid, you know, yeah. a kid. Kids are so pure, almost, you know, they're innocent. And the way that they see things, it's like, I never thought about that. Mm -hmm. So I love having these conversations and learning from others as well. So thank you so, so much for thinking about me and inviting me onto this podcast. It's really been a pleasure.
1: We love it. We love it so much. Thank you again. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, We hope that you learned a little something and we'll definitely have some dialogue um, on the Instagram and the Twitter about all of this and if we want to do some interpretations of our own signs I think that would be a fun little activity so maybe we'll we'll incorporate that
2: yeah I will 100% be doing some more research because now I'm just like what did that mean and (laughs) what was this and what about this part like I just the curiosity is there
0: yes read it it's peaked
2: 100 percent
1: i also would suggest astro cafe or cafe astrology cafe astrology has free uh, birth chart Mm -hmm. generator generator thank you what's the word um Mm -hmm. yeah so i would definitely recommend that if you don't know your personal chart go check it out and listen to what amy has explained all of these different things mean and see what it means to you i think it would be a fun little fun little exercise yes of course
2: we love it well thank you again Thank
1: you guys
2: interested in following up like sarah's probably beaming with joy that i'm like <laughs> I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna dive into this deeper <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes
2: um, i love that but again thank you and thanks to everyone listening and we will see you next time
0: <laughs> bye okay. see you soon bye